Welcome back to Two Beers, Please. I'm I'm Matthew Smith. Gosh, I almost forgot my name. (laughs) (laughs) Off to a off to a tough start. I'm Matthew Smith. With me, as always, my wonderful friend and co-host Yannick. What a weekend, Yann. Uh, You know, it was just as overwhelming. I mean, it was overwhelming just kind of like figuring out figuring out the outline and what to discuss and everything that's going on. I mean, I feel like we've said that. That's just like the recurring theme. But this weekend, maybe even more so. I, I, maybe we'll just keep on starting every episode being like, oh, my God, there's a lot of sports right now. Yeah, honestly, we're just anxious people and we get overwhelmed really easily. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just like there's a ton, you know, we got yeah. basketball and hockey updates. MLB season finished up yesterday after 67 days of play. Uh, some upsets and big performances on the football field and the pitch this weekend. We'll go over the college and NFL action as well as diving into the top soccer games from Europe. And then, of course, UFC 253, two title fights back at Fight Island. And the fighters certainly brought the fireworks in that one. Do yourself a favor, guys. Please go follow the Two Beers Please Facebook page. Instagram page is Two Beers Please underscore podcast. And the Twitter, which is 2BP underscore podcast of course subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify anywhere you get your podcast action from write a review they really do help the show a lot unless it's bad i mean i mean you know i guess it's like constructive criticism we're not gonna say no to that that's fair that's fair we'll take constructive criticism we might be like i don't agree with this so bye but you know yeah i mean we'll take it always i'll take it you did screw off but you can leave it there absolutely absolutely it's your your prerogative to do so today is september 28th this episode should be released on the 29th which means you have two days left of september to help make an impact with our september initiative yannick and i will be donating a dollar for every listen to our september episodes during the month of september so make sure you listen to all of them over the next couple days perfect time to introduce the show to friends or family all you have to do is listen to yannick and i Think we know more than we do about sports, and you get to help do your part in the fight against injustice. So it's a, an easy way to lend a hand to an important fight. You just have to, you know, get over listening to two know-it-alls. But hey, you know, it's know-it-alls because I feel like the more we do this podcast, the less right I am about things. <laughs> like, oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I like- no, I have, Ooh. I have like select, I have like selective. I memory of like I'll be like one thing we're like oh nice like I made that call and then just like completely forget about like the nine things that I got wrong like like my my scale for doing well is like I'm setting the bar so incredibly low just being like yeah one in every few and I'm like hell yeah I'm I got this shit down right I really hope no one listening to this you know, decided to take up football betting and use our podcast as a litmus test on their right. first week because you would uh, you lost a lot of money, and I'm sorry about that. I am very yeah, sorry well, about no, that. I mean, I for betting, I understand taking some like advice, listening to a little work, but like if you're listening to any other person on on how to bet your money, that is your own loss. You can't be doing that. That's fair. You got to take all the, yeah, it's your money. You got to, you can you take some information own. if you want, but like, I, you got to have a little more, you know, cause it's your money going down. So I don't know why you like listen to anybody else. Exactly. If we get, if we get a constructive criticism note saying you made me lose 
you know, this much amount of money, I'm going to say, that sucks. Yeah. No skin off I'm... my back. <laughs> if we no. get that comment, I'm going to be confused for so I'm like, why? Why did you think? Like, right. I, that's I entirely on you. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, there's yeah. a few things that you can do in this life. And one of them is do your own research. So do it. Don't, yeah. don't just take our word for it. We don't know what we're talking about. Where are those guys at the bar next to you? We also don't know what's going on. Not in, well, it's just not when it comes to your money. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, oh, I, don't boy. Any, I don't want any stake in that. Well, that, Jan, you know, in, in 2020, energy is more important now than ever in our continually changing world. I mean, hell, how do we even listen to our podcast or record our podcast? And trust is important when it comes to our ecosystem and the companies using it which is why it's important to know you can always feel safe with Enron. Their accounting department is particularly skilled. And for you football fans, they know a thing or two about the SEC over there at Enron. Enron, ask why. Oh, that was my favorite one. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I was like, oh. I'm not really sure how to make an ad for like actually trying to sell like Enron because I don't like what well, I don't know what an ad for Enron. I mean, I'm sure there are some. I, I Probably could have, you know, researched that. But I was just like, I'll just make fun of Enron entirely. Right. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. You said Enron, and my butthole went, whoop. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? What this are we is going to be about? a special episode. I was like, this is gonna, this is going down a weird path, and I'm, I'm, here, for it. I'm here for it. Oh, boy. Fraud is the theme of the episode. That would be that would be smart. I'd pick a uh, – and then we'll be like, who's a fraud in the NFL? That's not one of the segments. So I'm sorry. But I, everyone, would, that we I would have I didn't see that, that through though. line. Yeah. I could make that a, I could make that a quick fire question because then I don't have to even answer it. But that doesn't feel there like a, a through line as much as, you know, bookend. But <laughs> thank you, Enron, for uh, <laughs> sponsoring this wonderful episode. Of two beers, please. Jan, how are we feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling okay. Yesterday was kind of a combination of, you know, I, I, I'm emotionally not in the best place and all of my teams got schlacked. So it was a kind of, you know, the Patriots got the win, which is great. But, uh, you know, my boys went packing in the Eastern Conference finals and uh, mm. finally a week where I don't want to talk about my, my Bayern boys. I know. Uh, so... And uh, you know what? It's good. I, I think it's probably best for everyone that that happens every so often so I don't get too obnoxious. But, we all got to be brought down to earth, right? Right. But, you know, today's better. I got some nice shrimp pad thai waiting for me for the night. Ooh. So it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Perfect decision out of you. I know. It's. I was like, what do I need to feel better? Shrimp pad thai. That's what yeah. I need. Well, that's, I mean, shrimp pad thai is undefeated in, in that scenario. Yeah, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. The uh, you know, Packers got it done. I I know you mean like there's, it's weird not having like an actual schedule or Monday to Friday, you know, anything really like that right now. It's weird how I still will get like Sunday scaries. Like I'm I'm like these days don't matter. Like I'm not like I don't have to get up at eight a.m. on Monday and going to work, but I still will get that you know Sunday scary sort of sensation, which is. Nice to have football back because sometimes that can combat it. Packers played well. Manchester United played weirdly. I, you know, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into all of it uh, here in a little bit. But I'm doing well. I rearranged my room, so that was you know 
We got to do that every few. We've been in this apartment like two and a half years now. I think this is the second time I've rearranged it. And I, this is the best. I got more space. You know, in New York, you got to be economical about about your apartment space. That's true. That's true. You got to. I, uh, I'm i still learning that. I feel like I'm still living out of boxes, even though I moved here like a month ago. But I'll figure it out eventually. You're young, Yannick. Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. I'm going to say it 17 more times. Dang it. Of October. I'm have Dang a check mark it. thing. Maybe one more than once an episode. Sometimes not at all. You might forget about it for a week, and then I'll just hit you with like ten of them. Oh boy, that's that's aggressive. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a really weird thing that I just continue to do. So, but you brought it on yourself. So there okay. you go. Okay. <laughs> Let's head on down to the pub, mate. What are we drinking today? Well, uh, my roommate Mijan, you know, I like I said, I've been having a rough couple days, and he did me the courtesy of buying me a six pack, which is just the weight of my ah, heart. Attaboy. If you ever, if you ever want to know, uh, it is a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA bottle. So that's nice. that's where it's at. Uh, I'll read some. I'll tell you. You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to read to you what it says it should taste like, and then I'm going to taste it and tell you if it if it holds that, up. If that's accurate, right? So it says it's got pine and citrus flavors, got a strong pine citrus scent, sweetness, and then bitterness, and then back to sweetness for the flavor. It's a warming, medium full body brew, and it's got nine percent of alcohol content so how and that's so that's such an experience to get from from one drink of beer right so that's what i mostly that's what i normally think of when i read like the descriptions of like beer or wine or like stuff like that like i'm just like there's no way i'm gonna taste all this like some of it yeah for sure but like there's no way i'm going to get the exact thing you just because that sounds like an acid trip Right. If I taste a pine cone, I'm leaving. I'm yeah. leaving this. I'm leaving this. All right. Here we go. All right. You don't get the crisp today because it's not a can. But yeah. uh, cheers to you. I already opened up my can. Cheers to me is right. That's you know what? I don't taste pine. I'll leave in a little bit. So that is um, that was a letdown. It's very citrusy. So that's that's fair. And it's, it's see. I mean, like, yeah. The description has like some right parts of it, but like. I don't smell pine. I mean, maybe I'm thinking of too much like one of those car things, but yeah, like pine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it still tastes great. It's just does you know oh, hey. a letdown. There you go. <laughs> Not enough pine in my beer. I can't yeah. remember what you, I can't remember what your beer preference was last week that I was giving you crap about, but the new one is you know. What's your, oh, what's the, your orange, the orange, the yeah, orangey color. <laughs> I like orange, orange pine color. Orange like color and just piney as shit. Just wow. like the piniest I drink tree sap. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> Someone just gets like a blue moon, puts a bunch of tree sap in it. actually just puts like pines and just like shakes it up. Here you go, sir. Yeah, I'm like, this is That's the Yannick. Delicious. That's the Yannick. Oh boy. Yeah. Got my own drink. What are you drinking today? It's so impressive. I got I got an, another Bel Air sour from from Brooklyn Brewery, but I got a can now. This is the first time I've ever had it from cans. My my grocery store has recently upped their beer game, 
big time. Wow. Like, rearranged. Really nice. Yeah, it's nice. They got they used to like they used to have it just kind of like tucked away in the corner. <laughs> and I was kind of like, don't you know how much people love to buy booze and how expensive booze is? And now they got a whole damn row. So they've upped it up and they had Bel Air cans, so I had to get those. Beautiful. Uh, do you like it more out of the can, or do you still prefer the bottle? <clears throat> I kind of, I kind of think I like the can more. Okay. All right. I don't right. know. Maybe uh, that's re- maybe that's recency bias. You know. But oh, uh, wow. it's you know, for, for uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> huge one there. Huge one. Uh, this is oh. the word of the day for today. Um, but yeah, I think like I think for a sour, you know, that like is pretty yeasty. No, that's not a that's not a fun word. I hate that. I, you know that I well, but it's the correct kind of term in that sense. But you know, it like the can I think keeps it a little fresher, honestly. Right. I would rather say I like orangey beer than say I like yeasty beer. I know that it well, more yeah. of a I know it's more of a correct term, but I'm still sticking I, with my <laughs> I didn't say I liked yeasty beer more. That's what it sounded like it, to me, I man. That, I said that sour beer is yeastier. And so the can seems to preserve that better. All right. Okay. Whatever you different. say. That's a, well, it's a different phrase. <laughs> twist my words. Mm. Son. All right, Jan. Question of the day. We're getting right into it. 22 NBA teams came down to Orlando, down to hang out with Mickey Mouse in Disney World. And now we're down to two teams in the NBA bubble. The Heat and the Lakers are going to play for the Larry O'Brien. Let's talk NBA Finals. Give me your X factors, player wise. We'll go into intangibles, predictions, Finals MVPs. But uh, let's start with X factors. Here's a little breakdown also of the Finals. Heat making their sixth Finals, the most recent coming in 2014 when they lost to the Spurs in five games, and they have won three titles. First Finals appearance for Miami that won't feature Dwayne Wade on the team which makes me so sad, but good for them. Lakers, of course, the most accomplished finals attendee ever. They are now making the record 32nd finals. LA has made a finals in nine straight decades. That's crazy. That's insane. I like, and it wasn't even like a stat that I was like trying to look up, but like, you know, I was just looking at the list of, you know, years they've won the, the Western Conference or what have you. And I quickly realized that, they haven't won one in nine straight decades, though. I think they lost. I don't think they got one in the 60s, and they didn't get one in the 90s. But they do have 16 titles, tied for most all time, behind Mr. Yannick's Celtics, which have 17 titles. So history, of course, at stake here. Jan, who are, who are an X-Factor from one of these teams or an X-Factor for each of these teams that you think is, is going to be important in this series? Right. I mean, it's hard, right, because – for the Lakers, I think the X factors are harder because they are a little inconsistent, everybody behind LeBron and AD. And for the Heat, it's like, how do you name the X factors when different players are kind of going off at every other angle? So it's kind of hard to say who's the mains and who are the, you know, kind of side players that can be the difference. For me, the main battle in this game is like LeBron and AD versus Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And, and so if I have to name X factors, I think for the Lakers, you can point to Rajon Rondo, you know, can he continue to dish assists, you know, aid his stars and provide meaningful points, which when he does that, the Lakers are basically unstoppable. And I think also Contavious Caldwell Pope, another X factor, you know, he's got that three range, you know, that only 
is rivaled really by LeBron in terms of like being consistent. And I think that if he can start to pour in threes, which you saw the Heat struggle with against the Celtics when the Celtics could really pour it in, I think that that could be an X factor that is too much for the Heat to make up if they have to pay attention to a three-point shooter as well as AD in the paint and LeBron driving. So I think for me, Rajon Rondo and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope are the are the X factors for the Lakers. And uh, for the Heat, I'm going to say Tyler Hero. You know, it's hard to call you know like him like a lesser player since he's played so much, but he's still a rookie. You know, can he bring his swagger into the finals? It's a much different environment than it is the conference finals. But he, we've also... We've also seen that like he's not phased at by anything. So like, can he just continue that? Can he continue to show us that he's going to bring that swagger no matter where he is? And on top of that, Goran Dragic, you know, hard to say because he's such a point scorer as well, right? But can in my head the Heat win if you have Bam Adebayo doing his thing, Jimmy Butler providing leadership, and if Goran Dragic can be like your main scorer really to take the pressure off of Jimmy and Bam. You know, that kind of provides an X factor that the Lakers are going to have some trouble dealing with because you if you if you key on on Gore and Dragic of all people, you're going to lose because the Heat have so many other technically better, you know, assets to them. But Gore and Dragic is that good that sometimes you forget that he can be the main man for them if he wants. So I think if he can take on a lot of the scoring responsibility, take the pressure off of Jimmy and Bam Adebayo, I think that's an X factor of the Heat. So Tyler Hero and Gore and Dragic for me are the Heat X factors. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you make you make a good point for both these teams. One team's kind of supporting cast is quite inconsistent. And the other team kind of besides Jimmy Butler and even Jimmy Butler sometimes feels like it's more of a, you know, a collective like Drogic led the team in points this year. It wasn't even I think I think it was like Drogic was like 20.7 and Jimmy was 20.3. So it wasn't like, a, you know, a massive disparity. But I think that's just more, you know, more to the point of this is a team that that does it by committee for the Lakers. I, I, you know, it feels like somewhat like hitting your head repeatedly against the wall. How many times do we have to freaking hear it? But Kuzma, you know, he, he needs to be the third scorer for LA. Uh, and it's true. You know, we know what LeBron and AD are going to do. They like th- those guys are going to show up. Um, but the heat's team defensively, like they, their, their defensive ability as a team their you know rotation, their ability to get over, and also the ability for several of their players, specifically Bam Adebayo, to guard you know several positions. Bam and Bam can guard one through five. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how Bam is going to do against LeBron and AD because I'm sure there will be times where he's guarding both of them. Um, so I do think like Miami's defense poses a little bit of a opposition to to uh lebron and, and ad and so i think that's where kuzma has to take advantage because that means there's going to be space for him he's somebody that loves the lights and the cameras and and there's no bigger stage than this um you know you talk about hero loving the stage i hadn't really thought about this but like this certainly is like i mean this is the biggest stage and it uh, has like I'm sure it feels like a big stage but it's it is too like tuned down a little bit from what a normal finals would be. Like if these guys are flying back from LA and Miami and the different like celebrities would, would be at games and what you had, like this thing would be huge. So I wonder if like the fact that it's toned down a bit, if that helps those kind of younger guys for the heat. Um, my expector right. for the heat is, is Duncan Robinson. 
as I say, they they do it by by committee so many times there. Hero, Drogic, Bam, Butler. I mean, any four of those guys can lead the team in scoring. And so I think that's why Duncan's my X factor, just because sometimes he, he doesn't score a lot. Sometimes he'll get one or two, but he has those games where he just goes off and hits five or six threes and can't miss even if he wanted to. And I think if the Heat are going to steal some games, they're going to have to have some, you know, a couple of those games out of Duncan where the guy just, I mean, similar to like what Danny Green did for the Spurs when they won the title. I mean, the guy just couldn't miss from three. So I think Duncan's going to have to have at least a couple of those games to, to help the Heat steal, steal at least a game or two because he straight up, they are overmatched in this one. Jan, give me an intangible for either team that you think is going to help hurt just any, any sort of factor, uh, whether it be a stat, whether it be how a team plays or, or what have you, what's, what's an intangible that's going to impact this series. Right. I mean, I think the intangible that's probably for the heat, the intangible that's going to affect this series, right? Like you're right. They're outmatched. The one thing they do have is they're not afraid. Like they, these players, when you look at them, if you're like on paper and you didn't know how they were performing and you saw them in the finals, you got a bunch of rookies, a bunch of journeymen like Jay Crowder and, and to be honest, Jimmy Butler at times in terms of how many teams he's coming back and forth from and aging vets, like, like aging vets, like Andre Iguodala. So, you know, but these players don't play like they're rookies and journeymen and aging vets. They play without fear, like they are the best team on the floor. So that is going to be their intangible, you know, the lack of fear they have, if they can keep that going into a matchup with LeBron. But here's the thing, Matthew, the intangible for the Lakers is the quest of King James. And he wants to win it for the Lakers. He wants to do it this season. He wants to shut up the crowd, both in terms of the MVP talk and the MJ talk. And he wants to show them that it was silly to even consider the Clippers when talking about the most talented LA team. So he's got a lot on his plate. And I uh, I know that the Heat players aren't afraid, but I would be afraid. <laughs> I would be doesn't afraid. Matter, doesn't, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be afraid for LeBron to, you know, dominate you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know you like you know, i'm not saying you have you like you should be afraid but you know he's lebron you don't have to be afraid but you but you, you have to uh, show your due respect because you know what he can do yeah i focused kind of specifically on lebron and i said i thought it was going to be the outside factors um first you know when kobe died i i said the la was going to win the title just as you know i thought lebron would not stop and he'll until he could do that to honor the mamba like i, I mean i think that really impacted him and I think just him knowing what a a title would mean in the wake of all that for LA and, and for the people that cared about Kobe and the Los Angeles franchise. Right. And now with the pandemic uh, you know that has hit so many people, the Black Lives Matter movement, the you know, all of the police brutality, I think there there's so much stuff that like LeBron is like he's like, I, I need to win this title for for all of this, like I need to entertain and I need to do like get this done for LA because then also I need to go and I got work to do off this basketball court. So I think there's like, it, it kind of, I guess would probably be similar to, to what you said in, in the sense of the, 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 you know, journey of LeBron and, and the greatness that he is like, I think that's like, this is going to add, this is going to be a story. You know, when people look back on, on LeBron's legacy of being like, yeah, I remember when he, did that in the bubble and 
won the Yeet title with all this and you know so yeah 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 prediction time i'm gonna go first i'm gonna take the lakers in five yeah i I think the lakers veterans rondo and dwight specifically they started really they've started just doing those little things that you just want your veterans to do in the playoffs i said it last time like they the small plays even just you know here let me come in and yeah i'll get eight assists or dwight will go get 12 rebounds so i think those guys up in their game has been huge I think Kuzma and Crusoe kind of rise up to this big stage of the finals. I think they want to play well here. You don't want to come to the final. I mean, all eyes are on you now, uh, specifically. And I think those guys are, are going to rise to the, to the to the table, rise to the stakes there. Anthony Davis can't be stopped. I think LeBron's going to almost average a triple-double, just miss out with around eight rebounds per game. But regardless, he will take home his fourth finals MVP, giving him the second all-time and the first player to win finals MVP with three different teams. But yeah, Lakers in five, LeBron MVP. Jan, what are your predictions for the finals? Yeah, I have a little bit of a harder task for the Lakers. Not that I think they're going to lose. They're not. They're going to win in six. But I think that Anthony Davis is going to find a little trouble with Bam Adebayo. I think that the Heat aren't going to key in on LeBron. I think they are going to key in on Anthony Davis because they see that when he doesn't do well – even sometimes when LeBron goes off, they they have some trouble. So I think that Bam's main thing is going to be keeping Anthony Davis out. I think not the whole series. I think Anthony Davis will figure it out. But I think at least two games, Bam can not shut him down, but keep him at bay a little bit. And I think Spolster is a good coach and will figure out a way to squeak out two wins. But you're right. I think because they key in on Anthony Davis, LeBron James has to rise and push his team as he's done already in this playoffs and every playoffs he's ever been in. He's going to win his fourth finals MVP. Lakers win in six. So we both got LA. I mean, yeah, we do. It's a pretty, the, the Heat are, are not supposed to be here by any means. And historically, you know, we've, we've talked about it before of like the NBA not really being a, uh, the playoffs are, are normally pretty straightforward. Like even the, even the Pistons in 2004 when they were, you know, a huge underdog against the Lakers, I think they were still like the three seed. Like it wasn't like they were a team that was <laughs> really, really bad. So, you know, a five seed to make the finals is not not a normal occurrence. Uh, and I, I hope the Heat take them to seven. I hope, I would I would love to see the Heat get it done. The Lakers, I, I mean, I love LeBron and I – want him to win with the Lakers, but the Lakers have also won enough. So I'm kind of, I, I'm leaning towards cheering wise towards LeBron, but I am, I think I'm pretty neutral overall in this one. Right. Me too. I want to see some good games, even if it goes in, even if, even if the Lakers sweep them, I want it to be like close, you know, I want it to be the yeah. games wise. I want it to be close. I want it to be a battle. Heat have only been in battles so far. They've never been in anything that they've really, you know, been blown out so i think that it's going to be an interesting one and i'm just excited because now that my celtics are out i just get to have fun and watch i don't have yeah. to have any I don't much have less stressful oh so less stressful that game five nearly killed me it nearly yeah. killed me it was i mean with their series with the raptors and this one they uh they didn't uh didn't take it easy on you celtics fans by any means but yes the the nba finals is set it's the heat it's the lakers LeBron against his old team, Pat Riley against his old team. It should make for quite a finals in the NBA. It's been a good bubble, and we're, we're looking forward to, to the crescendo, to the final, final chapter 
down there in Orlando. Jan, let's move to some of the action on the weekend, and we're going to start in Abu Dhabi. We're starting on Fod Island, UFC, Island. Two, UFC 253, Adesanya versus Costa. Of course, Reyes versus Blakowicz as well for the light heavyweight championship. We're going to go through the main card here with you now. Became a huge fan of Akeem Duwadu this weekend. Absolutely love that fighter out of Canada. The catchweight fight between him and Zubara Tukogov, pardon me, was a split decision. But like towards the end of the fight, Duwadu was like, let's go. Let's throw hands. Let's, let's, you know, see who can win in a battle in the last 10 to 15 seconds. Tukogov. Um, that's not getting any easier on me, is it? Too, too um, he, he didn't want to do it. He, you know, I think he thought, I think he assumed that he had won the fight in those three rounds. So he's like, nah, I don't see any reason to throw hands with you. And Duato was kind of upset about it. In the end, Duato gets the split decision. It's a nice win for him at catch weight. Really, really like him. Uh, it was a good fight. It was a good fight for both those guys. They both looked pretty solid, but he moves to 14 and one and we'll see what he can do next. Bantamweight fight in the in the women's division. Ketlin Vieira, Ciara Eubanks. Unanimous decision for Ketlin Vieira. Bounced back from her first MMA loss with this unanimous decision win. Ketlin, honestly, you know, I mean, she was the better fighter throughout the three rounds. And, you know, it'll be exciting now to see her, see if she can climb back up that bantamweight division. She's ranked seventh, as we said, had that loss against uh, Irene, who, who's fighting Holly Holm this Saturday. Um, Irene Aldana, that's the main event uh, of this this weekend's UFC fight. So that should be a good one there in the bantamweight, but yeah, nice win for Vieira. Uh, and always nice to, you know, she was, she wasn't 10 and 0 going into that fighting in Saldana. So you suffer your first loss. You never know how a fighter is going to come back, but a really good win over Eubanks. She kind of dominated from start to finish. And then the other main card fight that was not a championship fight, Kai Cara France upset by ba- Brandon Royval. Uh, and Royval is only his second UFC fight. And, and, you know, really, Royval looked the better fight the whole time. Quickly got the guillotine put into place in the early second round, which is just one of the most vicious moves, I think. And I, I absolutely love seeing the guillotine put into place. And Royval did it to perfection. Uh, as I said, got it put into place in, early in the second round and, and not quite Carol France out of that one with the submission. Royval, definitely someone to look out for in the flyweight class. He's an up-and-comer. As I said, it's only his second fight in the UFC, so still a, you know, a young fighter in, you know, at this level, um, but a guy who's got a lot of fights underneath under his belt. He's 12-4 and four overall now after the win over Kai France. Jan, what, what stuck out to you in the, the first three fights of the evening at UFC 253? I agree, Dewadu. I mean, and I, and I, when I was previewing that fight last episode – you know, I I thought, you know, if Tugagov gets this done in the first two rounds, you know, it's his. It's definitely like it's his fight if he can get it done in the first two rounds. But Dewoda's got that that stamina and that fight in him, and he wants to win, and he'll go he'll go toe to toe. And he showed that he was like not tired. He was not ready. Yeah, he didn't to quit. look tired at all. <laughs> right. He looked like he didn't break a sweat, honestly, and it was crazy. Yeah. And so that you know, and I thought that was going to be the difference if Tugagov you know, had to go past two rounds that Dewoda was going to get into it, really. Um, obviously, Tukaga with that great strength. But, um, yeah, excited to see where he goes in that division. Obviously, happy for Fiera. I, I agree. You know, I think it wasn't a – she didn't fight badly against Aldana, you know. So, like, you know, where do you go from the first loss is always interesting. 
because the first one becomes the second one becomes the eighth one real fast. So it, it's uh, it's good to see her rebound from that. Kai Car France surprised me. I don't think he fought very well either. I, I mean, Roy Val did great, right? And the submission, you know, obviously like a technique that's underappreciated, I think, a little more in today's game than it used to be. But yeah, I was expecting Kai Car France to not just win this one, but to basically, you know, be the better fighter. And you're right, Roy Val came out and he had just better technique and more confidence and so i a better fighter the whole the whole time right so it wasn't close and i mean you know it, you know submission you sometimes think oh he you know he got the over he got the better hand in this one move and it's over but that's not the case he could he would have won that in a split decision too so i you know that very much was the shocker for me but three really good i mean not title fights you know they they all were very interesting to watch yeah they were it was a good it was a good start to the evening with the uh, with the title height fights that laid ahead, and let's make our way over to those title fights after the great uh, you know John Jones giving up the light heavyweight title, moving up to heavyweight is at least the expectation. I don't think there's been technically any official word, but I think we're all under the impression that he will be fighting at heavyweight soon. You do never know though with John Jones. That's uh, that's kind of the wild card in him, but. Dominic Reyes, of course, had a great fight against John Jones the last time uh, out. A lot of people even kind of scored that fight in Reyes's favor over Jones. So when John Jones vacated the title, Reyes, you know, seemed the obvious heir to the light heavyweight crown. Jan Blachowicz did not get that memo. 37-year-old veteran came out looking terrific. Uh, and, and it felt early on that this one was not going to go five. I mean, I, I was watching it with my brother and both of us were like, yeah, I think, I think Reyes in five. You could kind of tell that these guys, uh, especially Jan, were, was, were looking to end this fight early. Uh, he, he was aggressive. And it was the end of the second round that Jan was able to land. Nice left shot into Reyes while Reyes was attacking. Uh, and, and, Reyes went to the gr- and Reyes went to the ground. Jan finished the job. And Jan, the 30, as I said, the 37-year-old veteran, becomes the champion of the light heavyweight division. Uh, it's quite an upset and a deserving win for Jan. The guy absolutely deserves it. Uh, certainly one of those kind of guys you can't help but be happy for. Me and my brother were, were laughing, though, because, I mean, I love Jan, but I was like, I just am laughing at Dana White because now he has to go from selling John Jones, just like pretty easy sell for a pay-per-view, to Jan Blaschewitz, who just isn't quite, you know, the household name or uh, big-time, you know, name that John Jones is. So, but congratulations to Jan. As I said, light heavyweight title holder now i think you know the expectation will probably be the winner of the tiago santos glover Teixeira fight which glover Teixeira, 40 years old and still doing it still getting fights maybe fighting as, as well as he ever has but uh i do think tiago santos is the favorite in that one and you know santos's last fight was a loss to jones but before he fought jones he did beat Jan in a fight so if tiago santos gets that championship fight he does have a win against the title holder right now. So we'll see what happens in the light heavyweight division. It's kind of nice, you know, now not having John Jones has had such a stranglehold uh, and, you know, Cormier for a little bit on that division for so long that uh, it's nice to kind of see some new faces, new, new guys holding up the belt. Uh, the middleweight division will not be seeing anyone holding up the belt new in a long time. This is going to be Israel Adesanya's division for basically as long as he won, wants Woo! to be. His fight against Polo Costa, the big one from the night. And this was all about the story of, of Izzy building his legacy. 
marking himself as one of the best in the world right now. This fight was supposed to be good. I mean, I think we all thought Costa had a good chance, but Izzy dominated him. You know, his kicks were deadly. Uh, his, his ability to play the chess match and just kind of read his opponent is, was so impressive. And he, he got it done so quickly, it allowed him to find his opening in the second round and knocked Costa out. You know, I, I think Izzy was so impressive. I think Costa's got a bit of a journey back before he gets another title cha- fight. Uh, and now, you know, the question is, as champions start defending their crown more and more, you have to start asking the question of how big can Izzy's legacy go? He's 20-0 now, two title defenses. Not really sure who in the middleweight division can stop this guy and, and how far he can kind of go up in, in the legacy of the all-time greats in the UFC. Right. I mean, you know, he's only <clears throat> he's only 31, and his fighting style does not require him to need to be, you know, the strongest or the or necessarily the fastest guy. I mean, he can play if he can fight the way that he fights. I mean, if he keeps up up that technique that he has, his I intelligence can, and his reach. Oh yeah, that that doesn't age. So I think that you know we could see we could be talking about Israel Adesanya a decade from now. To be completely honest, like you know, you see what Glover Teixeira is doing and Jan Blachowicz winning the title at thirty seven. You know, sky's the limit. And you know, with someone like Israel, he. Even at the end of this fight, it's not like he went out saying, look, I proved myself. You can't say anything. What did he say, Matt? He said, I know you're salty. You know, stay with stay it. Stay salty. Yeah. Yeah. Stay he, called out the, he called out the American. Um, gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Jared Ken, 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 Cannonier. Yeah, so he did. He, he knows yeah. who he wants to fight next. And, you know, I, he's cleaned up that division for the most part. I, You know, I think a Whitaker rematch is... I think should be on the cards at some point, but you know, if, if Gaethje comes up and beats uh, Khabib, you know, then Izzy's the only undefeated champion. There's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of legacy. And, and of course, you know, especially in fighting things can change in a moment, but there's a, a, a long, bright, successful legacy that he's already built. But I think even in front of him that I think we see as, as being, a clear possibility for the guy. Right. And I think I, it also has to be said, I mean, Israel was, was dominant. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like Paula Costa didn't do his homework on Adesanya. He was playing into every technique that Adesanya was good at. He was giving him looks. He wasn't defending himself well when going in for those heavyweight punches. I mean, it's like, you know what this guy's strengths are. He fights the same way every single time. And you just fought him like, oh, you're just fighting some guy in the street. Like, honestly, it yeah, really surprised think, me. But, like, I mean, it's I, th- I think that more is credit to how good Izzy is than Costa not having the right game plan, you know? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's definitely because of how good sometimes, he is. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes there's nothing – like, you can do whatever the hell you want in the octagon. That person is just better. Right. But I think Paula Costa went in thing. I'm going to knock him out in the first round, and this is going to be done. And I just think – you know, if he had been able to, you know, not give Izzy the momentum in terms of trying to do that so early and getting it flipped on him, it might have been a little easier. But, I mean, obviously it's it's Izzy's win, and I'm not saying Paula Costa did terrible. He did fine. You know, he got some good punches in. I just I, – I guess I thought with this so hyped and with Paula Costa really not wanting to lose, I didn't see a lot of fight in him, you know? Like, I didn't think, like, oh – 
he's going to be so pissed. He was so into this and like, and he just got knocked out. You know, it just, it did feel like Adesanya wanted it more also as well as, as got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I think, I mean, like I said, I think Izzy's just the much better fighter. And I think Izzy's just one of, certainly one of the best fighters right now. Um, and I think it could probably also just be talked about like the composure of, you know, a champion as opposed to a guy like Costa who hasn't been there, uh, you know, and how, in, how you carry yourself and how you mentally carry yourself. So, I, I mean, I, I agree. I thought the fight was going to be better. But I, I guess most of what I blame the fight on not being better isn't a lack of what Costa could have done or should have done or what have you. I, I just I don't think there was any game plan or anything that Costa could have done where that fight ends differently, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, Adesanya is an, an immovable object. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, he called out a guy, but Jared Cannonier is not going to be able to beat him. Let's just be completely honest about that. So I think I don't think there's anyone in the middleweight division that can. <laughs> I mean, it's a solid division. Hey, I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I think definitely a Whitaker rematch is on the cards. So I'm excited, hopefully, for that to happen at some point. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, I, I think Whitaker deserves it. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, if he keeps fighting other people, you know, the tough thing about not getting a rematch is if you get into a losing streak, then there goes your rematch. But Whitaker's been fighting well himself. But yeah, a great, great event this weekend. Back at Fight Island, UFC 253, as we said, Jan Blaschowitz becomes the light heavyweight crown holder, and Mr. Israel Adesanya gets it done again, retaining the middleweight championship. Impressive fights by both those guys. Impressive fights by everyone. It was it was another good, another good event in the UFC, certainly. And now, I mean, big time. There's as I said, you know, there's the whole Aldana, Aldana fight this weekend. Uh, Ortega and Korea and Zombie do fight in a few weeks, but we really do turn our, our heads to UFC 254, Justin Gaethje and Khabib. It's going to be an, an absolute uh, – I can't wait. I, it's going to be crazy. I feel like I say this a lot about like events that I'm pumped for, but I, I do think that – I don't think I've ever been more excited for a UFC event than I am for, for 254. And it's looking like that card is going to be pretty stacked as well. Jan, let's go talk a little bit of soccer. I'm going to get us started in the English Premier League. Chelsea starting off real weird. West Brom yeah. three, Chelsea three, Callum Robinson, two early goals for West Brom, and they were up 3-0 at half. Chelsea did not give up, though. He's a credit to them for that. Able to fight back. Goals by Mount, hudson Adoy, and Tammy Abraham. Earned them the 3-3 tie with West Brom, so they do save the point. Timo Werner still unimpressive. And, you know, the thing that I, I also get upset with about Chelsea in their pursuit of always just buy, 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 you know, and, and always be active in, in the transfer windows, all three goal scorers against West Brom, Adoy, Mount, and Tammy Abraham, all came up from, from the youth club in Chelsea. They're all Chelsea kids. And when you keep on buying these guys, then those guys get pushed out. They don't get playing time. These are good players. You don't need to always buy. Like – have a little faith in the, the youth development that you got and, and let them play and let them show out for you. They did well. They did what better than any of the transfers that, that you just spent all this money on. So I, it, it upsets me that Chelsea does not 
see the, some of the youth products they have and have a little more faith in them. But such as European soccer, they do fight back. They get the tie. It's It's been a weird start for Chelsea. Of course, they don't have Christian Pulisic, who is, you know, especially as the season was ending last year, has kind of become the real motor for that team. Willian is gone, who, who helped kind of direct things for so long. So they have questions to be answered and some that will be answered by just the return of players. But I, I see a similar season for Chelsea as they had last year. 